On this episode of Video Culture, it's our Season 3 Retrospective. Did you rewind it? I don't know. In a time where everyone has a podcast. In a place where... Everyone has an opinion. Two heroes, Matthew and Ryan, against all odds, are here to save your movie viewing experience from total disaster. Your trip through the video aisles of yesteryear begins now. There will be chills. There will be thrills. And there's a good chance that Ryan will have a coffee spill. They'll discuss the quality, cultural significance, and more detail, frankly, than you bargained for. Here's your host, Ryan Acri and Matthew Essery. And welcome to our Season 3 Retrospective episode of Video Culture. I'm your host, Ryan Acri. And I'm Matthew Estri. We finally made it, Ryan. We made it to the end of season three. <laughs> I didn't think we were. I, I didn't think we were going to for a while there, my friend. Oh. I didn't think we were going to. Uh, well, but I'm glad we made it. Uh, I'm yeah. happy to be here with you. And let's uh, one more year in the books, my friend. One more year in the books. Yeah, I mean, we all of us have had you know similar experiences of uh, you know going into quarantine in 2020, staying in quarantine in 2021, or having you know a hybrid. Uh, you know, experience and uh, so yeah, so uh, we we we've we've got through it, right? <laughs> we've yeah, made it, well, it, we've made it to the end. Um, and I, I've, I will say, I'm I'm gonna tell you, like, uh, I've had the greatest time, especially with. Uh, I mean, it wasn't you know, I know we had a stumbling at the end, but it wasn't because of uh, the movies that we were watching or whatever. I mean, it's still great. Uh, but you know, it, it, life just happens. You know, we just, we just yeah. have things that, that go on. I've got two kids that are in school, you know, one's in elementary school, one's in middle school. Um, yeah. and you know, things got to take care of, you know, so. Yeah. And, and you're a homeowner and you, and you had homeowner problems crop up and sometimes, sometimes life gets in the way, you know, it's like that old, it's like that old chestnut, you know, man makes plans and God laughs. So. Yeah. Uh, so that happened to us a little bit this time. <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. When you don't have hot water, things are, are a problem. Uh, or when, during the winter. Yeah, exactly. Or when you go downstairs and your you know uh, your garage has turned into a sauna because uh, the or a steam room because the hot you know it's yeah it's fun. But hey, yeah. look, it's all behind us now. We've got season three and we've seen some amazing movies. I look back at our list and I can't believe like oh my gosh we started with speed and blown away like that yeah. was our first uh you yeah. know couple movies that we watched as season three and that's amazing start. yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean speed one of the all-time great action movies blown away not so much you know yeah but but uh i mean i can see the allure of it i can see you know a, a lot of the things and i still go back to those really close-up special effects that I think that like really made that movie great, and not yeah. only that, but Jeff Bridges just a just a great dramatic actor, uh, you know, yeah. keeping that together. 
Yeah, I, I do like Jeff Bridges. I do like Timely Jones. This is one of those rare examples where I was feeling pretty okay with the movie, and then our conversation made me realize I liked it less than I thought I did, mm-hmm. which is a rare occurrence. Like, uh, through talking through it with you, I'm like, yeah, Blown Away could have been better. And, uh, but Speed, Speed's a phenomenal movie. Uh, if you're going to watch one uh, movie about a mad bomber from 1994, Speed's the one to go with. I saw an, uh, a rare interview with Quentin Tarantino. Uh, on MTV News, you know, back around this time in like '94, and he talked about situational movies, and he talked about Speed being one of those good situational movies, and I thought that was a really high compliment. Oh, it's so. perfectly paced. Like it, it, every, it, the way the way it's all structured is wonderful. I mean, I mean, it's Keanu's Keanu. Even back then, was proving he was an underrated actor. Sandra Bullock is great. Um, Dennis Hopper is one of the best movie villains of all time. I mean, think, think about how much pop quiz hotshot has entered into the pop culture lexicon of uh, of how we talk about of the way we joke with each other and talk with each other. That's one of those phrases like "hasta la vista, baby." It's just part one of those phrases that we use. Yep. Uh, so yeah, speed's an all timer for sure. Yeah, and and in even that just became like uh you know even the movie itself is like oh this is like uh speed on this kind of thing or this is like speed you know what I'm saying so it just yeah it, 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 speed kind of replaced Die Hard as the shorthand for that right uh, yeah in a lot of ways even though speed is really just a Die Hard on a bus right uh, <laughs> it kind of is well but yeah because well I mean if you think about it though I don't want to get too much stuff but Die Hard didn't have like a, a timer or countdown or anything like that right so that, that that's true and we definitely saw more of those after Speed yeah uh, but yeah All just right. a great a great bombastic way to start season three bombastic uh, then we moved on to uh, you know one of your favorite actors of all time Nicolas Cage and Moonstruck and Honeymoon in Vegas they they took my hand. <laughs> They took my bride. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I love Moonstruck, man. We talked about that before, but I I, I love Moonstruck. I lo- and I, I really like Honeymoon in Vegas. I, mean, I think yeah. Honeymoon in Vegas is a lot of fun. Not one of our more popular episodes, sadly. Yeah, well, I mean, both Speed and Moonstruck uh, have one of the highest um, Rotten Tomato critic score, both at ninety four percent. Uh, there's another one at, that's higher, and another one that's at 94 percent that we'll get a little bit later. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's still like um, I, I think it's been a long time since I saw Moonstruck. Hold on, I got kids running around here like crazy. Uh, they are been cooped up and cooped up. But, but yeah, it's Moonstruck. Um, I mean, it's from 1987, right? How much do we yeah. go back and watch? like dramatic movies from 1987. And I remember yeah. asking you, you said you're not one much for romantic comedies, but you like Moonstruck. Yeah, it's just, it's so well written and so well performed and it's, it's quirky and it's charming. And I, 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 but I, yeah, I'm not much for romantic comedies, but I do love Moonstruck. It's just, it's so weird and fun and, and oddly sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's great. I really do. I, I love it. And Honeymoon in Vegas. I mean, you got Nicolas Cage. You got Elvis. You got James Caan. Yeah, James Caan. Uh, James Caan. Who acknowledged, who acknowledged me on Twitter once. So I will never say oh, a bad yes. thing about James Caan. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Which we'll talk more. Yeah, we'll talk more about James Caan. We did uh, Thief, which uh, we did later in the season, which Thief also has a 94% um, critic rating. So. Uh, but Honeymoon in Vegas has sixty four percent. The other that he was in. So, um, but moving on 
Then we did Lock, Stock. We did, uh, you know, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. We did um, Guy Ritchie, British Guy Ritchie. caper comedies, basically. Yes. And, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I, I can't believe, okay, this is a weird thing. Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, Rotten Tomato Critic Score, 75%, audience 93 So you would think when Snatch came out, just like, a, you know, it was many years later, you know, 1993 to 2000, but still, Rotten Tomato Critic Score, 74%, audience 93%, again. They are very similar movies in tone and execution. I love them both. But, but uh, you would think that the critics would learn by this point, like, oh, the audience really likes these. And then the critics just go, no, you know, 75, yeah. 74%, 75%. Now, it is odd that they, they have such similar scores. That's that's kind of mind-blowing in a way. Yeah. But I, I really like both these films. That was a very popular episode for us. I think people like that one. Mm-hmm. I certainly love those two movies. I, I, I love watching them. It was great to revisit them. Yeah, just so much fun. I mean, they're just, they're just fun movies. They're fun and action and... You know, comedy, like, all rolled into one. It's really hard to roll a bunch of genres together and actually make a good movie out of it, you know? Yeah. Especially ones with such twisty plots and so many characters and uh, just so, so many quotable funny lines. And, uh, right. yeah, big big fan of both those movies. I'm, I'm glad that our audience liked that episode because I definitely liked doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we moved into, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone and Demolition Man and Judge Dredd. Sci-fi Sly. Sci-fi Sly. <laughs> or Sci- what was it? Sci-fi? I can't remember. <laughs> That's what it was. It was Sci-fi Sly. That's really the whole reason I, I wanted to do that episode was just to have that in there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, he did, this was only really two. Like, has he done any other sci-fi movies? Besides uh, those two? Kind of. But, but later in his career, and they're not very good, he did... Uh, the Escape Plan movies, which are kind of soft sci-fi, they've got sci-fi elements in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if you'd really count that. I mean, oh. if you're being, if you're doing pandactic, you'd have to. But, I just, yeah, but, but, but they're only yeah. barely sci-fi. I just can't believe the critic score in Judge Dredd is like twenty-two percent. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's like, God, man, really? It's it's such a it's such a popcorn movie. It, Again, this is one of those times where I was a little down on Judge Dredd. Then you, then when talking about it, I realized, hey, I liked it more than I thought I did. Talking about it with you, mm-hmm. I realized, hey, it's pretty good. And uh, Demolition Man, I, I didn't feel like it aged as well for me. I was a little surprised how much I, I was kind of lukewarm on Demolition Man going back to it. Yeah. Wesley Snipes is fun, but yeah, it's, uh, it is actually odd how, you know, some of the things that they actually predicted, though, still in, yeah. in you know, the future for, for Demolition Man. Um, you know, I don't think there's any movie that's going to be uh, very, you know, 100% accurate, but uh, some of the other things are, you know, are like, oh, wow, well, okay, maybe. Um, but still, but still a, a fun episode to do. I mean, I, I, I'm slowly working this into where we're going to get to all the different action icons. You know, mm-hmm. we still got to get to, we still got to get to Van Damme and a few of those other guys, but all I'm right. slowly sneaking those action guys into this podcast one by one. Right. And this was my sly, this, this was my Stallone sly. entry. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so, and then we went into uh, 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 Rushmore and Bottle Rocket. The first two films from Mr. Wes Anderson. Wes about Anderson. As far, about as far from Sly Stallone as you could possibly get. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I love went from those like, two movies, though. Like, really macho sort of like sci-fi into like you know like nerdy humor or whatever. You know, sort of like socially awkward, socially nebbish awkward. kind yeah. of introspective. Uh, right. But yeah, but I, I love, I love, love, love Bottle Rocket. I love Rushmore. I think they're they're phenomenal films. I get, mm-hmm. I've I've watched them so many times. I think they're both great. I love them to death. Yeah, I remember. I still remember watching Bottle Rocket. Um, you know, when I was younger, my friend worked at the video store and and watching, just being really uh, struck by it. It was it was unlike any film I'd ever seen before. And it was so weird and quirky. And uh, uh, I mean, I mean, and it's I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, Bottle Rocket. Uh, let's see, even well, Rushmore is like a ninety. You know, on Rotten Tomatoes, like ninety percent audiences at ninety one. Uh, but even like Bottle Rockets, eighty five percent and seventy nine audience, and that was his first film. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. with the with the unknown actors. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's and, and I guess well, one thing I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that yet another movie that had James Caan in it. I think James Caan appeared in our podcast <laughs> like, more than any other actor this yes, this past did. season. That's three movies so far, right? Like, yeah, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay, so then we moved into the ghost movies, like Ghost oh, yeah. and Always. Endless Love with Ghost and Always. And again, not one of our popular episodes. I think we're learning that you guys don't really care about romantic films. Uh so we're not probably gonna we're not probably gonna do a lot of those in the future. Um What I, I remember being I, 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 I mean like I still always. think that there I, I still think it's a notable like, you know, cult film for you know, for our culture and for movie culture. And uh, I still remember the VHS of Ghost being white plastic and not black plastic. And, uh, you know, even when you got it from the rental store, it was always, you know, it was really fantastic. But yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, and always, you know, from Steven Spielberg, I mean, you're talking about, you know, um, there's not a lot of movies that people can say that, you know, he, that Steven Spielberg did that were outside of like these blockbuster movies, right? They're like, oh, yeah, he did Schindler's List and he did Jaws and he did, you know, E.T. And, and, you know, so, but yeah, to talk about these, um, uh, you know, he did do movies that were, you know, not as popular. Yeah. And really, the problem with Always, and I've said this at the time, is just Richard Dreyfus was not a romantic lead, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, when he's when he's when he's paired up with John Goodman, and you think, well, John Goodman would have been a better romantic lead. You know, you've got problems when you're thinking John Goodman would have been a better romantic lead. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, because yeah, because the scenes with the uh, Holly Hunter and and John Goodman were really good. Um, then we did the Friday ones. We just talked about you know the the Friday after next is our last episode. Uh, but you know, episode 60, we talk about a movie and its sequel that, or on, on all of our, you know, 10th episodes. So it's episode 60, we did Friday and next Friday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely Friday being woven into, you know, not just like cult classic status they're almost like, you know, full culture status. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's not just pop culture; it's culture in, in, influencing. But I feel like I got to pull back the curtain and share people a little bit of some of our woes. This because we talked about all the hardships we've gone over this year to make the show happen. One of them happened on this episode where we recorded the episode, but one of our audio tracks didn't quite record properly, where yeah. we could just barely hear you. And I want you to tell the people so they appreciate your hard work. 
what you had to do to make that <laughs> this to win was one of our better episodes, which I didn't do to make that better episode yeah. a reality because it's impressive. Well, I had a another, so I have my microphone right that's set here, and I have another uh, microphone sitting on my desk that's not that great, um, and so. So yeah, it sets about another. It was sitting about another, you know, two, two or three feet from me, and closer to the monitor. And uh, basically, what I had to do was I had to kind of uh, re-record it. So in a multi-track environment, like you can have, you know, you can pull the the track in. You pull your audio track in, and I pulled my bad audio track in, and then basically I can kind of listen to what I said. And then I would go back and like kind of like an instrument where, you know, like say I'm uh, recording a guitar part or something like that where somebody plays a lick and like, okay, you have to do it like right in time with the with the thing. So that's what I would kind of do. And sometimes it would work out to where it was like exactly the right amount of time of what I what I said. And sometimes it wasn't. And if it wasn't or if I shortened or, you know, made my like, okay, well, let's take that and. You know, I had the luxury of rephrasing what I said at the time yeah. to make it sound better. Like, what if I said it like this? Like, okay, or said it more concise, and then I would just move your track like closer in, and then just kind of like basically compile a, a conversation between you and I, yeah. and or I'm saying something sim- the same or similar, and you're talking back. <laughs> so you were yeah. there, like virtually. Like really virtually, like not even not even really there, just on the multi track. Yeah. yeah, it's great. You basically redubbed your entire yeah, part of the show. Yeah, redubbed. It was kind of like you know, movie where you go like the audio's bad where you recorded it and like I you know ADR'd it basically. Yeah, and you stitched it together, and you can't really tell. And uh, I wish that we had the luxury. I wish we had both didn't have day jobs where we could just focus on the show all the time because that show is very the, the edit on that's very tight because of that. It's I think it's one of our better episodes simply because we had all that extra post production time and. It, you know, pie in the sky, if we had all the time in the world, all our episodes would be that tight. But mm-hmm. it's just not a reality. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so thank you, Ryan, for all the hard work on that one. I know that was nerve-wracking and a pain to do, but I think the end result is one of our better episodes. So I just wanted to shout that out and spotlight you there for oh, a second. Oh, I, I appreciate that. We we still have a lost episode uh, where <laughs> where... I I didn't record anything where I was recording the wrong yeah. channel. So there's not even a reference track I have. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We or just have which, you. They're, 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 have you, but I don't have anything. Yeah, and the irony <laughs> is it was our longest episode ever. It was it was nearly two hours. And we were just like, I don't know if that's ever going to come out. I, I don't even know if I want to bring up what it is because it will just disappoint you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but we may we may revisit it. We may figure out a way to make that work. But yeah, that we do. We we finally had our first lost episode this season. You know, our our, our run of good luck and and it ran out, and we we have half an episode, literally half an episode, where it's just me talking to nothing, basically, <laughs> right, with, uh, with no reference at all. And but, uh, but, yeah, but, I, but yeah, I'm not gonna say what the movies are because we we may right. revisit them and just leave a little bit of a tidbit there. But uh, but we do have a lost episode that we may revisit. So. We had a lot of audio problems this year. I, you know, I should probably stitch that one together and just make it like I'm interviewing you or something. Where I'm like, hey, yeah, that's tell not me a about bad this. idea. And then you just like go on because some of the stories that you say uh, are are like way more poignant and and what I, uh, else I had to say uh, about whatever. Uh, I I don't know and, about uh, that, my friend. But uh, <laughs> well, but, but moving right, but, yeah. but moving right along. Moving on. Because of, 
Because we had those issues almost back to back, if you remember correctly. Yeah. So we had we had to make up for time because yep. we were short to we were short an episode down. So that's when we did the last blockbuster. Yes. So this was uh first documentary that we uh like watched, and we didn't like watch like two documentaries that were similar because that would have been kind of silly. But because the last blockbuster was so relevant to what you know this show is all about, and what the whole website and our whole you know thing everything about video culture is so closely tied to you know uh video rental stores and the documentary that is the last blockbuster we just felt that we had to have an episode and talk about it i mean regardless of the situation of how you know why we needed you know more episodes or whatever it you know came around uh came out about that time i think it was only out for like a month before we talked mm-hmm. about it and i i think it's i think it's just a great discussion to have and yeah. uh if you haven't seen uh the last boss, the last blockbuster you know and lived through those video store uh like eras uh it's it's definitely worth a watch so yeah it it was a very nostalgic talk that we had it, it was only it was only partially a movie review it was mostly us waxing nostalgic about video stores mm-hmm. and um i really like that episode it wasn't a very popular episode with our listeners but i i am very fond of that episode so i'm glad we did that one yeah yeah i i agree i i really liked it as well so um and then we did a watch along. We did uh one of your favorite movies and and one of my favorite movies. We did uh, Big Trouble in Little China because, I mean, you know, you know one one of the shrines that we should have. Like if we had like a, a like a Hall of Fame or Hall of Shrine, like John Carpenter would be in there, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he, he would be I, one of our our one of our more beloved <laughs> people. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely uh, he's definitely he's definitely a minor deity of of video culture for sure. And, and Kurt Russell, like you know, you've been to my you've been to my home, right? I've got I've got mm-hmm. some movie posters in my living room. Some of them are signed, some of them are not. But dead center above my couch in my living room is an autographed poster from Big Trouble in Little China, signed by John Carpenter, and it's one mm-hmm. of my prized possessions. I love that movie. It's it's fundamental to who I am. And again, we needed to make some episode counts up this year, so we thought it'd be good for us to just watch a movie that we both loved and we both knew very well and just kind of riff on it and have fun about it and talk about how much we loved it. And uh, so I really enjoyed that one because, I mean, I always love watching Big Trouble in Little China and it was combining my love of bullshitting with you about movies with one of my very favorite movies. Yeah, it, that was fantastic. And and one thing about that movie, I mean, I remember liking it uh, even as a kid and watching it over and over again because it's such a strange uh, kind of, you know, adventure action movie, you know, um, uh, that's kind of silly in some places, but it's also, it's just like so much fun. Um, but I didn't, I mean, your perspective, uh, I really, really enjoyed because I didn't really realize what an homage to, you know, the American Asian culture, it really, you know, it really was. And, you know, how, um, how how really great and you know inspiring that sort of uh um you know movie is and and uh so yeah i i, I really appreciate that it was fantastic well, and again mostly it's just it's such a ripping good time it really is yeah. i mean it's 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 such a fun fun movie and to me it's to me to me i think if you're going to consider yourself a a movie geek if you're going to be really into movies that's a movie that's a that's a movie you got to check out there's there are very few yeah. must see movies to me in my life 
Mm-hmm. But Big Trouble in China is a must-see movie. Yeah, like, if, well, like, I mean, but what I'm trying to say is the watching it with you and your perspective and just that like watch along ep- episode it gave me a even greater appreciation of that movie that I already had. You know, well, thank you, man. Yeah. It, it was it, I had a lot of fun with that episode, and I mean, I'm glad people liked it. And uh, we're gonna do more watch alongs in the future because they're easy and they're fun. Oh yeah, For, we gotta yeah we gotta do some more. Uh, okay, so then we did like the the kids. Uh, well, I don't want to say. Like kids, like kind of puppeteer movie. We did Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal. Yeah, we did. We did uh, Jim Henson puppet movies that aren't the Muppets, basically. Dark right. fa- Jim Henson fantasy films, and uh, this is the other side of nostalgia, where you're nostalgic about movies and you watch them again, and you're like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like I like David Bowie a lot, but uh, but yeah, Dark as Crystal, a master not juggler? a fan as a master juggler. And yeah, yeah, and then yeah, the dark crystal, uh, creepy puppet hands is all I can think of. I want to think about dark crystal now. It's just <laughs> the weird little puppet hands, yeah. I just, I mean, I just, I still remember the dark crystal. I think one of the most, um, you know, jarring scenes as a kid is seeing that and seeing like them, you know, this, these evil people like take out your essence, like that was scary as. Ever yeah, really, we crap. spent the entire like, episode almost talking about things that just traumatized tra- us about it the was Dark Crystal. traumatizing. Well, yeah. and even it, in, it like unlocked childhood memories of how much that movie freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, well, I mean, even in Labyrinth, it's like everybody's out to trick, you know, her or whatever. You know, like you can't trust anybody, which is a very jarring thing to have happen, you know, when you're a kid. To learn that yeah. people are jokesters and tricksters and stuff. So we had enough of that and went with something way more, way more fun and familiar with the next one. Yeah, John Candy, great outdoors summer rental. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love summer rental. I mean, there's there's very few like beach vacation movies. I mean, if there was a, you know, if if there was a National Lampoon's, you know, well, I mean, there is a vacation movie where they go to the Wally World or whatever. But if they went to yeah. the beach, like it would, I think, be summer rental basically. Be kind yeah. of be kind of like summer rental, uh, sort of. And then, but it definitely more is in like great outdoors. I mean, you can definitely see like some of that, you know, going on. Yeah, like they're they're both they're both completely like inconsequential, light as air, but fun and, and agreeable. And John Candy is such a warm presence. You know, we just we we know we're into December now, so we passed the time for plane tra- passed the time for plane trains and automobiles. But yeah. John Candy, I will never turn down the chance to watch a John Candy movie and talk about how great John Candy is. I I, I read uh, a story. I read a story about him, and I'll uh, I'll go ahead and share or two things that I recently read about John Candy is that uh, the first thing is like on the first day uh, where he showed up to SCTV, uh, like nobody knew who he was. Like he just like showed up and. Uh, one of the guys, like one of the crew guys, like said, um, you know, he's and he's kind of a bigger, you know, kind of a bigger heavy set kind of guy, right? And he shows up, and you know, one of the crew guys just sees him and assumes he is another crew member, and he says, "Hey, can you help me, uh, like roll these lights out over here, you know, and and push the, you know, because he had like a big cart, he was trying to like push everything, and so he's like, yeah, okay, and so he's just like helping the crew member, and then. One of the writers came out and said, "Hey, John, we need need you in here so you can, you know, read, you know, this part, you know, whatever." And he said, "Yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm helping a, a crew with with the lights." 
Yeah, I, I love that story, man. That's great. I mean, and that that's the kind of guy he is. And the the most recent thing, and I'll be real quick, is that Steve Martin on Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, he talked about um, Del Griffith is probably the closest that you will get to who the real John Candy is. And I think that's why that part really resonates for people. Because I mean, who doesn't love who doesn't love Dell? Really, I mean, who doesn't mean? I mean, there it's a it's a wonderful part for me. I mean, it's a wonderful movie. I, I watch it. I watch it every Thanksgiving time. Um, I watched it this year, and it's it's great. I mean, John Candy's wonderful, and I honestly, he's one of those presences I I, I still really miss in film and and pop culture even to this day. Yeah, yeah, but he said something about like how funny, how gracious. How just like full of spirit, but then there's still like a little bit of sadness there, you know. And I thought that was yeah. I thought that was very sort of poignant. Um. All right. So moving on. One of my so the, go ahead. I was gonna say then then we we had we had another little hiatus due to technical difficulties where we did a few you know best of episodes and uh, we're we're just gonna move past those. We talked about those on previous. Yeah, we had a little summer breaks. Yeah, we yeah, had a little a little summer vacation. Yeah, Summer vacation. And, and everybody needs best of shows. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, some of our back catalog stuff, uh, in our first season, we talked about some really, uh, you know, great movies. Uh, and so, yeah, it was it was great to um, uh, go back and 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 play those episodes for uh, for audiences that yeah. just may have discovered us. So, because because hopefully, new people find this show all the time. Mm-hmm. You know. So in the, our numbers seem to show that anyway. Yeah, uh, and then we had, uh, but yeah, we had uh, one of the movies I really like, Ronan, and then you, another movie that was very similar that you like called Spartan, and so yeah, yeah. kind of like Ronan Spartan, um, kind of like how it worked out these uh, great action movies. But I mean, it just goes to show, like Robert De Niro. We are just like so lucky to live in the same time period as such a you know wonderful actor as De Niro. Let's just I'll just say that. It's true. I mean, and he's I, one of the one of the best actors of our time. He really is. He really is. I mean, he he is a body work that's impressive, and 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 not to discount Val Kilmer and Spartan because I mean Val Kilmer and Spartan. That's one of my probably my it's it's up there with my favorite Val Kilmer performances. I mean. It's a Spartan. Uh, Spartan's a great film. Uh, Ronan is a great film, and there are two movies that, if you want to watch a, a really an action film that makes you think, mm-hmm. that makes a great double feature. I mean, they are they are adrenaline movies that won't insult your intelligence. They mm-hmm. they're, they're wonderful. Yeah, I, th- I think Spartan was a little uh, was very much ahead of its time. Um, you know, to be oh, yeah. uh, to be in like two thousand four and to talk about all the the insiders sort of you know, stuff going on. So yeah, it's uh, definitely worth, worth watching. Uh, then we move into, uh, kind of idea that I had of doing, uh, Emilio Estevez, uh, with repo man and, and men at work. So repo, repo man, not repo men, repo man. And then men at work. And I was really fascinated to hear your reaction to Repo Man, because uh, that to me, like we talk about how much that movie is f- another fundamental movie for me as as an as an as an aging punk guy. Yeah. Uh, but it, but it's a weird movie. It's a it's a weird it film, and I was like really, I was really curious to get your take on it as a guy who's not quite as much of a a weirdo as I am. To be just be blunt. I mean, what's what's funny about these uh, some of these movies that I watch that are that are really sort of heavy, like Repo Man. 
is that I'll watch them and I'll go, you know, the same with like Buckaroo Bonsai, right? Like they're just like very thick and I don't, it's almost like I need to watch them again. And again, it's like, I, the more I think about them, the more I fall in love with them after seeing Mm -hmm. them. And I'm like, nobody really gets these movies. Like I was trying to talk to some, somebody, uh, was, uh, there at the, there's now like a beer that has like a, it's a brand new beer that has, that just says like beer, like very generic. Yeah. Like stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And I was trying to tell my friend about repo, man. And he's just like, just don't get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like trying to show him like the- screenshots of the movie and, yeah. See what I've what I've what I've inadvertently done to you, Ryan, is I've introduced you to my own personal hell. This is yes. what my entire life. This is what my entire life has been like trying to explain weird movies to people who don't give a crap about about weird movies. I, I'm becoming so, one of you. Yeah, you yes. you one of us, one of us. I know, and uh, so yeah. As much as I think, like I don't know, that's kind of weird. But then more if I think about it, I'm like, my movies were really fantastic. Like. Very super creative and yeah, it's uh, it's definitely cool. And to mention, I want to mention too uh, that Mike, like right before, like not before this episode, but a couple of days before we recorded this episode, uh, the news came out that Mike Nesmith died, and I know that he was involved yeah. very much so in in Repo Man and and just a creative giant. And, yeah. and may he rest in peace. You know, yeah, for sure. And it it it, it immediately brought like. When I heard about Mike Nesbitt, I'm like, he was involved in Repo Man, you know. Yeah, and I know it all that. starts like, drawing uh, connections to your, like, to, you know. Nobody really gets it, but you get it. Yeah, and that's that's part of the culture in the video culture, man. You're starting to see things through that lens of being a movie of being a video store nerd. Yeah, it's starting to happen. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we did uh, another fantastic actor that I think is. Just as well, like up there with, uh, you know, Robert De Niro is, you know, Samuel L. Jackson uh, with The Longest Goodnight and Changing Lanes. Yeah, uh, I, I I love The Longest Goodnight. We, we just had Patrick do an article for yep. Longest Goodnight for the website because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, it's really heavy with the Christmas stuff too. It's, it's a lot of Christmas iconography in it. A fun action film. Um, Changing Lanes is a movie that I, I like quite a bit. It's a good drama with his Sam Jackson and Ben Affleck. Yep. Just a good time. And we really needed to, to, to do Sam Jackson on the show because if ever there was a guy who's a demigod of like movies at this point, it's Sam Jackson. Oh, for sure. He's played some amazing roles and done some amazing stuff with it. I mean, and he has a career, uh, you know, to, to really show for it. But, um, but yeah, his, you know, a guy who's, who's a Jedi and, and you know Jules from Pulp Fiction, and um, you know so I mean, I mean, and you know, it's been in Marvel, you know. Mo- I mean, the guy's done, yeah, uh, you know, so much, yeah. right? Yeah, but he's also done yeah. other stuff like Changing Lanes, which he just like he he can still even in that can just like knock it out of the park, like just crazy amounts of of of, of goodness coming from that guy. Um, you know, he never he never phones it in. He's a guy that never he doesn't yeah, ever right. phones it in. You know what I mean? Always wonderful. Yeah. Always wonderful. Uh then we did like the Thief movies, like Thief and Thief of Hearts. And that's another movie like Thief with James Caan was another movie that that you introduced me to where I'm just like, 
holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Michael I mean, Mann's Thief. Yeah, it will it's, it's, knock, it's a great movie. It will knock you out of your chair. It is that good. And I tell people about this movie all the time now. I'm like, you got to see this movie now. It's on HBO Max, man. Go watch it. I'm like, yeah. okay. And that, like, that, that makes you me don't happy, understand. Man. You don't understand. <laughs> one of us. One of us. Yeah. Like, you have to see this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, to me, seventies era, like seventies era James Con. This movie came out in, I believe, eighty one. But seventies era James Con is was the coolest guy in the world. He really was. I mean, just just he was just so badass and so like. Blue collar, like suave, if that makes any sense. Uh, like, yeah, it's hard to explain, but like, just like I said, blue collar suave is what I keep going back to when I think about him at this time period. Like, he was he was manly and he was cool. Yeah, and you just kind of you want to you want almost be James Caan at that point yeah. in his life. That's how cool he is. Yeah, and and Thief is an amazing movie about uh, obviously thieves, you know, robbers yeah. and criminals, and it's a it's a wonderful like proto, you know, Heat Miami. Miami Vice kind of thing for, for Michael Mann. Yeah. But also, I like this episode because the episode's very much in the spirit of what we do on the show, where we took a well-known movie and paired it with a not-so-well-known movie. We paired it with Thief of Hearts. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Thief is well-known within, like, certain circles, but not within certain circles. I mean, it has it's one of the other movies that we said is, like, above 90% in the critic score. It's 94% uh, critic score. 81% um, audience score. Uh, it was, you know, done in 1981. But, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, and, and the, you know, I just think that it's so fantastic. But, yeah, Thief of Hearts is even more, like, even less well-known. Like, it doesn't even have a, you know, uh, Rotten T- Tomato critic score, right? Like no critic has even yeah. reviewed it, uh, or at least one that that they that uh, Rotten Tomatoes like uh, has, but it has a forty nine percent audience score. Uh, which I mean, forty nine percent. I go back and look at this. I mean, Judge Dredd has a thirty percent audience score. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, I, I I still don't understand the hate for that for Judge Dredd, but I mean. It, Thief of Hearts is is still forty nine percent, and and it is. I think that that's pretty fair. I mean, it's yeah, it's okay. It was it was interesting to talk about. It was it was fun to kind of riff on it. I yeah. mean, I think it, I think it was an interesting episode. I'm I'm quite proud of that episode. I think that was a good episode we did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hope to do more like that like that in the future. And I I still you know love the the Thief of Hearts uh, Harold Faltermeyer score. Uh, the score is great. The yeah. score is really good. Yeah. Uh, then we talked about, you know, we talked about John Candy <laughs> talking about, uh, uh, you know, um, earlier, you know, with summer rental and all that kind of stuff. And you mentioned planes, trains and automobiles. So then what did we do? We did another comedian. We did Steve Martin and co- talked about Roxanne and Bowfinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, again, it just, we, it goes back to wanting to watch something that's a little bit the equivalent of like a movie version of comfort food, you know, against Steve Martin is kind of one of those. To me, those calming film presences, mm-hmm. um, and and Bowfinger and Roxanne to me are not world changing films, but they're nice and they're enjoyable. And sometimes we need that, you know. We need just like, you know, nice films for like a better way of saying it, you yeah. know. Well, I mean, you know, Steve Martin, you know, he's done like you know, Father of the Bride. He's done 
you know, some other things in his early careers and like the jerk, um, you know, King Tut and all of that. But I think if you really want like me watching Roxanne now, like really made me understand him as sort of like this creative, uh, you know, person because, you know, the development of that he was also involved with. So it wasn't just like he played a part like he did, like in Father of the Bride, like, oh, you're playing the father part. Like, okay. Like he's actually helped develop, you know, Roxanne. He had that in his mind uh, to create, you know, for, for a long time. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed watching that again, kind of from a different sort of perspective. It's kind of, kind of neat. Yeah. It gives you an appreciation for him as a performer, and yeah. uh, and he like, he's just a presence I love, and I think Eddie Murphy's wonderful in Bowfinger as like this nebbish, like nerdy guy. It's one of my favorite Eddie Murphy performances. Mm-hmm. Like he's so funny and endearing as as yeah, it, as as this like goofy like famous sibling, not so famous sibling of this movie star who's just a dork. And it's, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of just fun. It's kind of almost hard to believe that he's playing you know, both parts as is this kind of like fictionalized version of, of himself. And then like also that this nerdy brother character, you know, it's nice yeah. to remember that Andy Murphy is wonderful when he wants to be, you know, like when yeah. he wants to try. Oh for, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely. Um, okay. Then we did the escapes with, uh, yep. then we had Patrick on, uh, yeah, escape we- from New York and escape from LA. And, yeah, uh, this is one of the things we we had talked about forever. Wanting to get guests on the show, we had had a guest since episode ten, all the way back in season one. Right, and and you know, COVID threw a monkey wrench in that. Being remote threw a monkey wrench in that. We were like, no, we're we're like, screw it, we're gonna get a guest on for this one. And, and Patrick loves John Carpenter. He's been he's been our silent partner on, on video culture for so long. We wanted to get him involved, and it's been the perfect opportunity. And it was just a great conversation talking about a director we we all love. A movie star we all love, and just two really fun movies. Yeah, and since I had never really seen either Escape movie, uh, but I knew that the, you know John Carpenter is involved and Kurt Russell's involved. I mean, yeah, let's, I'm signed up. I'm on board. Let's go. And uh, so yeah, it was fun to to go through those episodes and and uh, go through them with Patrick because I you have you've talked with Patrick and you've had a lot of uh, you know discussions with him and. You know, I've had, you know, brief conversations with him on, on Twitter or whatever, but it was great to read him, you know, sort of face-to-face and, and you know, have great conversation. I think those uh, both are wonderful episodes because right after that we did Beetlejuice and The Frighteners because he heard yeah. that we were doing The Frighteners and he was like, oh, I want in. <laughs> and we're like, okay. He's like, he's like, don't you do that without me. I'm like, okay, no problem. Yeah, you're, you're in. You're welcome uh, back. Yeah. And, and uh Yeah. So yeah, and really, great. I I enjoyed having Patrick here because Patrick is a guy who 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 obviously we get along with. But after doing this for so long, it's nice to bring someone else in to change up the dynamic. Mm-hmm. We're like an old married couple, you know. We gotta bring in new people to keep it to keep the sparks flying. Yeah. Uh, but so it was nice to have Patrick in to talk with those. We're gonna have him back at some point. Uh, we just don't know when. Mm-hmm. Um. We definitely enjoyed having him. We had some audio trouble with uh, with one of our episodes. I can't remember yeah, because it was. was the it was um, I think it was the second one. I think it was the, Beetlejuice the or, escape. or maybe the escapes. Well, you the had, yeah, we had audio trouble. Just you. That was another kind of thing where you had uh, your camera the mic wrong mic set up. Yeah, yeah. Your, your camera mic was being recorded as opposed to your real mic, and 
But that one, yes. you know, the audio didn't sound quite as bad as mine did for whatever reason. I yeah. guess your mic we, was we, a little bit better, but yeah. Yeah. We, we decided we, were, we weren't going to redub another episode. That's too much work. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of but, but, have to go with but it. But those were good experiences. Though. I mean, th- that covered us through our episode 70 and then our Halloween episode. Both good times. And it was great to have Patrick on. Well, and, and one thing that I'll say about uh, Beetlejuice is that... That one gave me even more appreciation too of Michael Keaton for the shortest um, for the short amount of screen time that he had, and what just a wonderful uh, performance that was. I don't think that yeah, there's any actor. Great. I don't think that there's any actor that could have pulled off like what he did. I mean, I think about like maybe John uh, Jim Carrey or maybe something else, but like I I I just don't know. I don't I don't know anybody else that would have done it the like. It's so funny, but also menacing at the same time. Just a great, it is a great performance Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, being serious, but like being funny, but you know, being yeah, there was a there was a lot going on, and was so good. Um, So, and that brings us to our 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 last two episodes. We're not going to go over the last one we just did, our Christmas episode. So the last one we're going to cover really on this show. Is, well, we uh, can talk about it. I mean, we're going to do it before. But yeah, Foul Play and Spies, Spies Like Us. Yeah. Kind of our, our Chevy Chase Man of Action episode. Um, yeah. Um, I'll just say I did not like Foul Play. I I was surprised how much I liked Spies Like Us. Spies Like Us to me held up very well. Foul Play I did not really enjoy. Yeah, I know you didn't. I, I'm sorry, I, brother. I, it's okay. It's okay. I think that there was... Um, you know, there were some good, you know, sort of parts to it uh, in, in places. And I, I think it, it would have been sort of greater had they stayed there, you know, like this kind of mystery yeah. thing going on. But uh, the way it kind of worked out, like I said, we, we talked about that episode before. I don't want to rehash it, but yeah, uh, it was just uh, kind of funny to see, you know, Chevy Chase in a different sort of role. And, and um, you know, yeah, play he's that. playing like a, he's playing like a cop. <laughs> he's mostly like a. He's got like an action hero in it, so yeah. that's interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, and then Spies Like Us. I mean, what a great movie to go back and like watch. I still think about that. You know, it's like yeah, that one. I was surprised how much I liked it. I mean, I always had fond memories of it as a kid, but uh, I realized I'd never seen the whole thing until I rewatched it for the show because I didn't always seen it in parts on television. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. it. It held up very well for me. I I found it funny and very enjoyable. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my one of my surprises from this year for sure. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I just I mean, I was talking to somebody else the other day about uh, like the scene where the the grenades like and he gets the grenade and yeah. and then he's like, oh, you don't want that, and he throws it back in, and it's just like whatever that they do, no matter how much they f up, they wind up like doing something good out of it. You know, it's just, it's absolutely. Hilarious. Yeah. It's very three stooges yeah. and, it, and it works. I mean, yeah. it, I think it's enjoyable. It is. It um, is uh it is a modern, like, you know, three stooges uh, kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, uh, just maybe to uh, Dan Aykroyd. I mean, um, gosh, the guy, I know the guy's got so much money. He doesn't have to be in in movies anymore, really. I just wish he would do more, you know? Me too, me too. I um, mean, I've always liked him as a presence. Um, uh, I, I I mean, I totally get not wanting to work. I mean, same thing with Rick Moranis, where they just feel like they don't have to anymore. Yeah. But I certainly do miss him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss him. Seeing him in scenes. I mean, even 
uh, you know, I remember Dan Aykroyd, we did that other scene with uh, uh, other um, episode with sneakers, you know. And yeah, or he was, he was the great outdoors. He's yeah, the great outdoors. Been featured a lot on the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we definitely, I mean, we're, we're, we're fans. And I wish you, like I said, I wish you would do more stuff. But right. And then the last episode we just did <laughs> Friday after next and a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. Which that was a recent episode. I mean, you guys got, it just came out two weeks ago. So, I mean, if you guys heard it, you kind of know our thoughts on it. We, we thought they were okay, not great. But certainly a festive enough way to kind of wrap up the uh, the regular episodes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but there, you know, there's, uh, you know, like you said, there's very few uh, Christmas movies that are not really about Christmas, and those are, you know, those are two of them. So we got a lot of stuff coming up in 2022. I've already started, you know, trying to compile a list, and we're we're having, you know, talks on. You know what we're going to do. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of uh, fun stuff that I think that we have planned. I, um, you know, I, I just really uh, appreciate, you know, um, you know what you do, uh, Matt. And, the, you know, it, even a movie like Thief, it probably was a movie that I would go, okay, I don't know if I, you know, if I saw it on HBO Max, I may not watch it. But just seeing I mean, I just love it. That That is, if if, if anything, this whole season – that one movie was like worth it to me. And honestly, that that to me fills my heart, man. That's that's yeah. enough that's enough reason for me to want to keep doing this for as long as you want to have me do it with you. And uh Yeah, that one and, you know, and Repo Man and all this stuff. Because a lot of the movies this year I I had already seen. Uh so there was very few movies that I hadn't seen. Um so yeah that th- those two though were were absolutely fantastic and and well, and now I'm so now, I'm, like big, now I'm a big fan of both those movies so I'm like yeah, yeah and you know yeah just keep that in mind next time I suggest something that sounds weird to you that uh, yeah that's, that that's that what I say like I just go yeah. with it like he's got, he's got well, a reason yeah, there's going to be a, a thing like I know like he's yeah. he's got it all worked I mean, out you know it's not. It may, it may not always go. You may not always like it, but I will never intentionally subject you to something I think you will not like. Right. I will always try to find some things that you enjoy that I think our listeners will enjoy hearing about, and I look forward to what season four brings. It's going to bring some changes. It's going to bring some. Uh, hopefully, some more. St- we're going to get back to being a little more stable with our schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go on a, on a on a scheduled hiatus for a while to catch up and you know yep. get everything figured out for and, the future uh, of the show. Well, I'm- We'll have Patrick back. We'll maybe have some other, you know, for for sure. We gotta have Patrick back. Maybe some other, uh, you know, guests. Uh, but definitely we'll have Patrick for sure. We're gonna, um, yeah, because I mean, he's he's always he's 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 there. He's part of the crew. I mean, yeah. This year would not have worked without Patrick there to fill in the holes in our schedule. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when we, we when we couldn't put episodes up, Patrick was there with an article to to fill that slot on that week. Mm-hmm. So again. Big ups to Patrick. You know, thank you so much, brother. If you're listening to this, you're part of the team, and we couldn't have done it without you. So, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, appreciate everything um, with you know to with uh, with video culture and keeping things uh, going. So it's always great. And you know, you know what else I appreciate, Ryan? What's that? Our listeners. Our you know, listeners. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, you uh, obviously right. But, Obviously, uh, we and I want to say too, we do have one listener who made a suggestion through Facebook, and I, that is going to come out 
next season. So uh, I have the notes, and um, I want to say that I can't find it right now, but I know for for a fact that uh, it was a guy named Mike. And Mike, mm-hmm. if you're listening, or no, uh, Nick, excuse me. Why did I say Mike? His name I is have no Nick. Idea. I won't say his last name. He's from the UK. But Nick, we're going to do it next yeah, season. He, he, wrote, he, wrote, he wrote a pretty passionate letter with this movie he wanted us to do. And it was such a, it was such a you know, in-depth, it was such a, a deep cut that we're like, yeah, that sounds too interesting not to do. And also, I, I, I do want to mention someone else before I, I don't want to forget anyone. Mm-hmm. Big ups to our, to, our, to our Australian friend, Steve, who has been doing a few album reviews for us as one of the new article ideas we've been putting on, on the website this year. Mm-hmm. Is soundtrack reviews that's come from come from our buddy Steve. Steve, thank you for those. Mm-hmm. We have, we hope to keep doing those in the future, and we really appreciate you too. Yeah, and Steve uh, now uh, helps run a Facebook group um, called like Bowie Fascination, uh, all about David Bowie. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a great uh, Facebook group to um, and, be involved with. So and he, he's he's a very he was an early adopter of the show. He's been a listener since almost the beginning. And we really appreciate him as well. So thanks to him and all of our other listeners, anyone else who's helped us make video culture happen, our friends, our family, our, our employers who, who put up with us doing the show a lot of times in and, in, in and around our, our regular day jobs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we appreciate all of you guys, and we couldn't do this without you. And here's to a successful, uneventful season four. All right. Well, we'll see you in 2021. Or excuse me, 2021. 2021 is almost over. We'll see you guys in 2022. I'm Ryan Acri. I'm Matthew Estri. Watch the movies, guys, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out this episode of Video Culture. You can check us out on Twitter at Video Culture 2. That's the number two for two guys talking about movies like Ryan and myself. And you can also check us out on Facebook. Just search for Video Culture Podcast. Also, be sure to stop by our official website, video-culture.com. There we have the entire show archives, as well as articles about film. Yeah, so check us out. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, come hang out with us, talk movies. Did you like the show? Do you hate the show? Do you like or hate the movies we talked about? Let us know. Come chat with us, and let's all watch movies together. Contract scores all over the country, working directly for me. I am self-employed. I'll make you a millionaire in four months. So what do you say, Frank? They gotta be big scores, they gotta be fast. One, two, tops. You don't know from one day to the next whether you're gonna be killed, go home, or get busted. Look, I have run out of time. So I'm just asking you to be with me. Got a problem. I'm going to work for you. I'm pulling a lot of exposure. Are they in the walls? I mean, can they hear everything we say all the time? Look, we're your new partners. We're in for 10 points. Our in goes with the territory. They don't run me, and you don't run me. I want my end, and I am out. You don't want to work for me? What's wrong with you? You do what I say. I run you. I want you work. 
until you are burned out, you are busted, or you are dead. I am the last guy in the world that you want to mess with. 